Systems work, people fail. Welcome to InsureMark's Advisor Mentorship Podcast with Vice President Jeremy Hauser, where we share proven systems and processes for the 21st century advisor. Today, it's essential that advisors find a way to differentiate themselves from the competition. Learn how to elevate your game and accomplish incredible feats as Jeremy teaches you how to build a more successful and sustainable business while realizing a better work-life balance is not only possible, but achievable. With the annuity industry being up substantially already this year and June being National Annuity Awareness Month, what a time to be in our industry. Welcome to the Advisor Mentorship Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Hauser, and I have a very, very special guest on this week's episode. I'd like to welcome successful entrepreneur and co-founder of Annexus, Ron Schertz. How are we doing today, Ron? Good, Jeremy. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for having me on. Sounds like a lot of fun here for a bit. Appreciate you taking a couple minutes out. So for those that might not be aware of who Annexus is or who Ron Schertz is, you mind sharing with the audience a little bit about your story? Yeah. I mean, Ron Schertz is just a dude. Right, we've uh, we've had uh, we've had a pretty good run. I think you know one of the things that I talk about, Jeremy, when I do speaking engagements, and people talk about you know where you came from, how you got to where you're at, and I, one of the very first things I talk about is the last time I actually got a W two from somebody, I was 16 years old putting up chain link fence. True story. I have not received a paycheck from somebody in my life since I was 16. I got a little bit of help in college from my parents. Other than that, it's been 100 percent eat what you kill. And it started out selling pots and pans door to door in college, and and then uh, that moved into the financial services world where selling life insurance. And as you know, I moved into the distribution side. You know, geez, it's been almost 30 years ago where you know we built a distribution company and then met Don Dady in the uh, probably mid 90s. And Don was working for a company in Northern California, product development uh, in charge of marketing. And Don and I became friends and I was their biggest distributor. And we decided to start a Nexus. And a Nexus is a product development company. We actually invent the widget. And the interesting part is, most of the time, well, I guess just about every case that the insurance company is the one that actually invents the product structure. And Nexus actually invents the product. We do all the marketing material. We do all the sales collateral. We do all of the technology platforms. We do all of the illustration systems. We do everything. And for the insurance company, because we're, we're not an insurance company, so at the end of the day, it's got to go on somebody's paper. And so what's beautiful, what's, what's great for the insurance company is they can have a whole new distribution arm without adding additional actuaries, without adding additional marketing people, without adding additional distribution, and we can bolt on. So, and we'll talk more about probably about kind of the success we've had with Nationwide, how they started with us, and you know what our business has grown to. So, I think probably the long and the short of it is, is we're a product development company. We invent the widget. We're not an IMO. We're not a BGA. We're not an insurance company. So that's kind of a, a little combination of Ron and Nexus. Good stuff. And so, do you think? So taking it back, what was it 15 years ago or when, when did a Nexus actually, when did y'all start to distribute product? Was it just year, year wise, 15, 16 years ago? Yeah. So we actually started a Nexus. Technically we started a Nexus in January 05 and uh, it took us 15, 16 months to get our first product on the street. So that puts us in the, the spring of of uh, 06 to launch our very first product. And as you know, Jeremy, we had a, a limited distribution model, which we still have today. Not everybody gets access to our product. And we went out and hand-selected a handful of distribution partners that have access to our products. And it's been a successful one. And I, we launched our very first product in 06. Probably a little bit more of a complicated credit methodology than normal, but our very first calendar year was 07. You know, we did a billion dollars. And then this year, we'll probably end up somewhere in the $7 billion range. So it's been a it's been a pretty cool little run for a while. So yeah, it's been about 16 years. Nice. And and so a lot to unpack. So we'll jump into 
a little bit about the product side of things, but I did not know that story about 16 years old. So as an entrepreneur, what are you opening up multiple businesses, owning multiple businesses? So what do you find to be some of the most rewarding parts of owning a business? Well, I can tell you this, that there's a lot of manure and entrepreneur, uh, just <laughs> for anybody that wants to try it. So <laughs> it's definitely, uh, it's the only thing I understand. I, I know nothing else. And, and we have, I have approximately 40 companies, a variety. Uh, most of the companies are variations are actually in this business, variations and partnerships that I have. But I think the most rewarding part from my perspective is, is I, get, I get to make decisions. I get to make them quick, right? And so I have a lot of fun with uh, you know my staff, which in all my companies is probably about 400. But we bring a lot. We bring a lot of people in from the corporate world, and it's kind of entertaining for me that they want to have meetings to have meetings. And uh, you know, I, I say we're going to get in here and make a decision. We're going to make it now, and uh, we're not going to we're not going to leave the meeting until the decisions are made. So we get to make quick decisions. As you know, I've had a really really great run. It's been incredibly successful. But at the same time, you got to take the heat when the heat's you know going down too. So that's kind of my my strength is. I want the ball when things get tough. I want to make the call and uh, be responsible for the um, for the loss and for the win. And uh, fortunately, I've been able to win more than I've been able to lose. But just I'm just you know me well enough. I'm just that just I just think that way. It's like well, let's let's just go get it done and let's get it done yesterday as opposed to waiting. Because back in the day when I first started, I never got paid. I never could figure out how to. I never could figure out how to get paid when I wasn't successful. Mm-hmm. Unlike the corporate world, right? You get paid. You might get fired sooner or later, but you get paid. You get to pay your rent next week. I didn't back in the day. You know, I couldn't book. I couldn't book a flight more than two days in advance because I didn't have the money to go. And so, when you're making decisions like that, it's completely different. So, yeah, yeah, you, I just never could figure out how the heck you get paid unless you could win. And so, the, that's the penure of the entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, that's the fun part for me. It's just been really just to go out and win. And the most challenging, what would you say outside of well, Ron today? What's the most challenging? Forty business. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You were saying back in the day when I was getting my head caved in, that was the challenging part uh, when I couldn't figure out how to pay rent and uh, turn my lights off in my house, all that stuff. I think today the most challenging part. I think really, I think it's really around. I think it's really about and really about you know personnel. I think obviously this COVID things changed things differently, and um, I'm kind of I'm an old school guy. I want your ass in the office. I want you going to work. I want to see your face. And I want you to be part of the the culture and this idea of mm-hmm. working from home and being a hybrid. I tell my people that, uh, you know, if you told me three years ago that you asked me, if, you know, if you, if you could work half the time at home and half the time in the office, uh, I wouldn't have hired you. And all of a sudden now it's kind of changed. So, you know, there's companies that have taken a pretty strong, you know, line where they, they won't let you work from home and companies that have taken the, the opposite because they've attracted talent. So I think that's probably the biggest challenge today is finding people that want to be part of the culture. And I, and I, and I kind of tell people that, look, if, if that's the most important thing for you, that mm-hmm. you work from home or not work from home, we're probably not a fit. I want the most important thing from you as an employee to be how can I get up the top of the food chain? How can I move? How can I have successes? How can I make more money? How can I win more as opposed to I'm working so I'll be in a home? And so those, those are the challenges. They're not huge challenges. They're just kind of a little bit of a, a flake on your shoulder kind of a challenge, but they're, they are challenges and you know, attracting the right people. And so it's still fun to, to migrate through those kind of things. And so we'll go back into... So as a Nexus, as y'all have evolved over the years, you mentioned you you pick and choose who you distribute products through. So walk us through that process. So how did y'all, going back to you and Don, 
16 plus years ago. How do y'all decide who's a good partner to distribute your product and how did that process work? Yeah, that's interesting because we interviewed hundreds of marketing groups around the country uh, in about a six month period of time. And, you know, Don being a corporate guy coming from corporate America, I already told you I've never had a job before. So I don't really know what corporate means. And Don would have this little, we'd have people on a conference call and Don would have this little corporate, you know, I make fun of him today, but his little corporate cheat sheet where he like, the guy checks the box and he checks the box. And I'll get back to the philosophy here in a second. But the very last box on the deal was the Ron factor. Does Ron want to hang out with him? Does Ron want to go to happy hour with them? Right. And I can tell you, there's a lot of, there was a lot of boxes that didn't get checked. They got checked all the way down until they got to that. I'm like, I'm not hanging out with that guy. And, and it, what it really happened, Jeremy, at the end of the day, though, it was really about, really about partnerships and friendships aligning. And we've had great partnerships, great, great friendships. And it wasn't about who did the most premium. It was about who had integrity. Right? Who are good people? Who are fun people? Who do a nice job? Who really put together a really cool platform? And grant you, as you know, the platform has changed dramatically in the last 15, 16 years. But the reality of it is that, you know, I know Kearns for years and Steve and I and Jeff were on the same page immediately and understood the value, not only as an organization, but as people. And those are the people that I, you know, and at the time I'd been an entrepreneur for a long time and had an incredible amount of success and really didn't have to do anything more if I didn't want to. Uh, way back then. So for me, it was all about, you know, are these the kind of people I want to work with going forward? And to be honest with you, that business model is really sustained and those friendships have sustained. And we got the same partnerships I've had from 16 years ago, which is crazy, right? And we've added a few mm-hmm. along the way, not very many. So yeah, it was just really about the quality of the people, you know, and, and are they bringing value to the advisor? And, and, and are, are they somebody that I personally can feel proud about saying they're my partner? And uh, we've been really successful doing that. And in your opinion, so is that the secret sauce to a Nexus and building the distribution company you have, or is there when developing product, what, why is it that so many advisors nowadays, it seems like it used to be a lot of the insurance only advisors, but now, I mean, the, the fact that these RIA and register reps love your products, um, speaking on behalf of all the advisors we serve, what is that? Like, what is the secret sauce that you find? <laughs> that a nexus brings to the table that really just sets the standard for the industry? Yeah, I think, first of all, the secret sauce initially definitely is the distribution model, right? The fact that we could give you proprietary access to products nobody else could get, right? Mm-hmm. That would give you a recruiting opportunity uh, back in the day. It doesn't apply as much today, but at the end of the day, it's we have... We've done things from a product development perspective, whether it be 17 patents issued, 15 patents pending, or 15 and 17. I think the rest of the industry has one. You know, I, I, we have over 30, right? I've got, a, I got a, I've got an actuarial staff of 17 actuaries. To put that in perspective, an insurance company in the annuity space may have three to five. I have 17, right? Wow. We now have four separate carriers with a, a portfolio of approximately, we started off with one company and one product. We now have four different carriers, a portfolio of products, 13 different indexes, 30 different products, and almost 300 different variations of that product structure, right? And the other thing is, is behind the scenes, we do a pretty significant, we do a really significant job of due diligence. I mean, our due diligence process, the insurance companies are not even capable. They just don't have the intellect, the expertise. They're insurance companies, and God bless them. They're my partners. But at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, when it comes to product development, we spend so much time on Wall Street. Every time a new index comes out, the very first place they call is Inexus, right? And we do our due diligence process, and and we turn down 
probably 90% of them. A lot of times they show up on somebody else's product, which we always think internally is kind of entertaining for us because we turned it down. And also right now we are getting from an option perspective, when we start making calls or, or getting a meeting for people, we're able to get those options at a lot less expensive price, which allows us to get more competitive. And those are kind of things behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole bunch of things that are part of the secret sauce now compared to what it was back in the day. And, you know, my, my team can sit here and rattle an awful lot more than I can, but it's really just doing some things different from that perspective. And that's allowed us to make competitive advantage. The other part is one of the things I've talked about is getting some width, right? And so again, if you like a particular company or a particular product, or if you, if you like a variety of different companies and different products, you have to go four different places to get them. Now, they may all get them through you, but you've mm-hmm. got to go, you got to go to ABC Mutual 1, ABC Mutual 2. You got to go to their website, their illustration system. You have to do all of those things. If you're trying to be, if you're trying to be best interest, if you're trying to be a fiduciary, right? But you're mm-hmm. chasing this bonus, you know, because it's the hot thing, right? I'm going to make more money at the end of the year. Where with the Nexus, you don't need to. You get to go one spot. You still have the fundamental values of all the due diligence process that we do. And you have access to, we basically have every single product that you're going to find in the FIA space, I have inside of our portfolio. I have it. Mm-hmm. More than likely, I probably have the best. If nothing else, I probably have the top one or two. In most cases, I'm going to have the top core top. We have the best. So when you look at one spot, everything. So, that's, so there's a lot more things that have become part of the secret sauce that weren't in the past. And that's, you know, that's the reason why we, we, and we're getting some pretty serious stickiness now too. You know, where people stay and they come here and they stay, as you know. Mm-hmm. And and it's interesting because I, I usually do these monthly reports for advisors, just educational pieces. And to your team's credit, and having really your thumb on the pulse. So the market being down, I mean, whatever it is when this airs, uh, it's north of thirteen percent today. But uh, majority of the indexes, there's only a handful in the industry within the FIA space that are actually up. And you guys have about half of those indexes that are up. So when it comes to choosing new partnerships. So like Barclays, Goldman Sachs, City, you mentioned that now they actually come to you guys. So walk us through that process. Like why do y'all choose not to move forward with some institutional people? You know, when you're looking at, when you're looking at the banks, they're not fiduciaries, believe it or not. In other words, they can come to you and, and they don't make any money unless they sell product in their situation, they're selling options or indexes. We started looking a little bit more and they're great partners. We still have them we're great. You know, we we do is we just do a serious um, deep dive and start to look at are you showing me a back casting picture based on the, the 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 number of years you want me to see, right? My team goes through and rips it up and say, geez, you forgot you forgot the first five years, right? And when I put the first five years in, it doesn't do as well as you that you said it was going to, right? And so it's it's just We've just been able to do it. And, and the other thing is, I want to make sure that, you know, for your audience, we don't get too caught up in the returns. I mean, sure, at the end of the day, um, but remember, we're still selling safety. I mean, mm-hmm. we've been pretty damn spoiled, right? Because yeah. we've been able to have conversations. I mean, I still have conversations internally with our people that if our price can get between 4 and 6%, think about that. If you can go to Mr. and Mrs. Jones and the guy can go down to the country club and say, you know what? I have no risk. You guys are all freaking out because you're all getting bloodied up during this time. I'm not losing a dime, right? Yeah, I might have lost some of the gains that I had, but I'm not going backwards in my portfolio, right? I'm mm-hmm. still, I'm, and, and, and on top of that, you know, the last three or four years that you had, you already locked your gains in. So if you were up 
on a dollar and you're up 20, 30, 40 cents, you're not giving the 30 or 40 cents back, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. So I think we still sell safety at the end of the day. We're still selling. And, and the other thing is, is that clients aren't buying this for six months. They didn't buy it for 2022, right? They bought it mm-hmm. in 19. They bought it this year. They bought it's next 10 years. It says, hey, can we give them a little, you know, s- s- sleep at night feel, right? Can, mm-hmm. I, can I have some peace and quiet in my life that says, you know, I don't worry about that. Hey, if it does 10, hey, good. If it does 12, hey, great. If it does five, hey, great. And that's really the deal. So yeah, th- there's a, there, there is a reason why though, we haven't been getting bloodied up as much. And that's kind of part of that due diligence process I talked about earlier. And also talk about how we've been able to buy, buy the options, you know, better. And who do you find today as y'all continue to grow? Who are the right advisors? Who do you find is probably the ones that are just now starting to recommend Nexus products in the portfolio? Or have y'all ever taken a step back to see with the annuity industry in general, who do you feel are the advisors that are just starting to get into the recommending y'all's products for their clients' portfolios? Well, that's actually a good question. I think you still have the insurance guy, and I definitely don't want to put him in a lower box because it's not, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's the guy that's chosen to, to do that and, and does a really nice job. And I think we've been able to take some pretty sophisticated products and actually dumb them down to the point where an unsophisticated advisor can have a legitimate conversation with a client about it, number one. Number two, take it to the other spectrum now. I've got your IAR, your RIA, right, who has, a, who has an investment committee. Right, who has a CIO. And these guys can actually start to look at our products and go, boy, I definitely see where it fits in the portfolio. I definitely see where I can shift the efficient frontier. I definitely see where I can de-risk the client's portfolio and still have mm-hmm. a better opportunity for some upside, whether that's 5% of the portfolio or 30% of the portfolio. So we're all over the place. We've actually we've designed products specifically for that. One of the things that you know, Jeremy, in our product, we'll have four different indexes. And we've got four different blends and they're, they're global. Mm-hmm. domestic the variations of that we have different kinds of brands and so we can on our theme product our nationwide product we have four separate indexes we highly suggest that people blend them right well that just that speaks to the advanced advisor it speaks to the advisor that's insurance only because we're saying hey let's de-risk the client's portfolio and, and the product and let's give them a blend across the, the product portfolio where you know when things get a little bit the client's not going to get bloodied up because we're going to have you know, we're going to have the, the zig and the zag right rather you and the yang so it's that's the cool part about what we're doing is we've got some real width uh, not only from a product perspective but from an advisor perspective we've got lots of different advisors that are attracted to our portfolio for those reasons and so where do you see the FIA space going here for the remainder of the year? Uh, I mean, I just saw Q1 reports of just annuities in general. FIA space is up. Annuities in general are up. Where do you see the FIA space moving forward throughout the remainder of the year and years to come? We actually predicted, and we actually have the slides to actually prove it. And in 2012, the FIA space was $30 million. We projected out over the next 10 years, it would go to excuse me, $30 billion. But we projected over the next 10 years, it would go to $100 billion. It crossed 100 billion last year, which is crazy, right? We actually have projected out over the next 10 years, we think the 100 billion can go to 500 billion. And, and, wow. and part of the re- reason as for what you just talked about, it's about the type of advisor, the risk profile, the products are getting more advanced. You know, back in the day when FIAs were 30 billion, you know, uh, VAs were over 250 billion, right? It's completely flipped, as you know. Mm-hmm. Right now, FIAs do more than VAs. Why the hell would you go spend the money for a VA, and why would you go spend all those fees when you can get something that's going to be probably outperform it 
with a lot less risk and a lot lower fee. So we just think there's going to be an explosion in the next 10 to 12 years if these products continue to grow and continue to have some fun with. And so, well, I should have asked you beforehand. So I don't know if you can answer this, but what's new for Nexus? So you got a, a substantial amount of the audience that are listening that sell and recommend y'all's products, to their customers. Is there anything on the horizon that they could be looking out for? I know you guys are always innovating, creating something. Is there something that is in the fold here in the near future for 2022? Yeah, if I told you, I'd have to kill you. Exactly. So, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, there's just tons of stuff going on. I just got off of me just for this call with my executive team. And, and we spend um, an hour just kind of updating everybody on what's going on. But there's definitely some different credit methodologies that we're working on. There's some new indexes that we're coming up with. There's some different durations. There's some, there's always new carrier talk. Although I'm not that concerned about the new carrier part. I mean, we've got, a, we've got the best portfolio we've ever had. We'll just continue to, 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 to tweak the products and, and come up with different credit methodologies. Look at the best way to build a hedge, the value for the consumer in a low-risk manner. And so, yeah, new stuff continues to happen. I mean, we just added Goldman recently. And as an advisor, you know, we love all of our carriers. But if I was in front of a client, I'm having a nationwide conversation. I'm having a Goldman Sachs conversation at the same time. That's, that's just kind of a no-brainer. Right. And you're having city conversations, you're having Barclay conversations, you're having Schiller and Siegel conversations. And you know, the clients like who's Schiller? Are like, well, let me Google them for you real quick, right? Mm-hmm. Who's Siegel? Let me Google that for you. Like, here, here he is on C- CNBC, right? And so that's kind of where we're at. It's just, you know, kind of what I refer to as brand stacking a little bit. You know, when Morgan Stanley's your partner and JP Morgan's your, your partner. I mean, it's just really, really fun. So we'll continue to add those kind of relationships and, and continue to add to the next generation, if you will. Love that. And is there anything that we have not discussed or words of wisdom you like to share with the audience? You know what? I, I really don't. I think we're looking for some magic from, from me. I think the magic's already happened. I, I, I just think that, you know, if, as an advisor, if you're doing the right thing, mm-hmm. that's just huge to me. One of the things I talk about consistently too, Jeremy, is I talk about when advisors talk about growing their business, I always talk about how do you do that? Let's just take the advisor. I'm not talking about, hey, I've got 10 people in my office that all work for me I'm, or I'm, you know, I'm going to add a couple of advisors. But if you're an advisor and you've got your team, how do you grow your business over the next 12 months, right? Well, the reality of it is you only have so many hours in the day, mm-hmm. right? In, in hours in the week. And there's only so many things you can do. And there's only so many people you can get to your seminar or fall back up on after your seminars and fall up on the people. Where you're going to grow your businesses is when you're part of the Nexus portfolio, we have product structures and designs inside of the portfolio that allows you to be able to get dollars off the table you couldn't get under normal circumstances. So the more you're familiar with our portfolio products, the better opportunities you're going to have. And so, you know, our average case size is about 40% higher than the industry. Why is that? Well, again, if I'm walking in, I'm having a conversation about Nationwide and Goldman Sachs to a client, guess what? It's a bigger ticket. Right. When I'm having conversations about, you know, City as a partner, Schiller, Barclays, Siegel, all of our different partners that we have, JP Morgan, Maureen Stanley, you know, those that as an advisor, by you having that conversation, I said this from day one when we launched nationwide, I said as an advisor, when you put the nationwide brochure on the table in front of the client, you don't have to sell nationwide. But guess what it does for you? 
right? And that's who, the credibility it does for you. That's the advantage, I think, by, by being part of the Nexus portfolio. And that is you can grow your business without, in theory, working any harder than you're working now. We have bigger case sizes. Bigger case sizes, your closing percentage is going to go up, right? We can get, think about that. If you're closing three out of 10, if you're closing five out of 10, what if you close six? Wow, that's a 20% increase in your business. What if your case sizes go up 20%? I just grew again. So I think that's the, the, the one thing that we've had in our product portfolio is my words of wisdom is I would, you know, working with you is make sure that you are very familiar with the portfolio overall. And, and then that's where the opportunities come from. Good, good stuff. Uh, well, no, thank, thank you so much for, and I know your time's very valuable. So appreciate you taking a couple minutes out and joining us today, Ron. And uh, also thank you to the listener for joining and checking out this week's episode in order to make sure you do not miss out on future episodes. Make sure to hit subscribe on your favorite listening device and follow us at Jeremy Hauser on LinkedIn. And remember, in a world full of betas, be an alpha. Thank you for listening to the InsureMark Advisor Mentorship Podcast with Vice President Jeremy Hauser. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available and connect with Jeremy on LinkedIn to stay up to date. If you would like to request our introduction kit, feel free to check out www.advisormentorship.com and click on learn more. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of InsureMark. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. Thank you for listening to the InsureMark, the advisor mentorship podcast with InsureMark Vice President, Jeremy Hauser.